Good. What a beautiful crew today. How's everyone doing? That was exuberant. It didn't make me feel better. Rough morning for a lot of you. Um, there's a, do you need something? Um, conferencing in the front. There's a scripture, if you can pull it out, because I want you to take it um, with you in your heart on this journey. It's Hebrews 13, 20 and 21. So if you pull out your phone, your Bible, I just want everyone to get eyes on it. Hebrews 13, 20 through 21. It's a prayer, and I couldn't think of anything more beautiful or fitting. It was in our daily reading. We've been reading through the scripture all year, and man, this prayer just got a hold of my heart at the right time. While you're turning there, you notice that at the center of the room are the elements, the body and the representation of the blood of Christ, the presence of the Lord in the middle of the assembly. And since the earliest days of this family, we've committed to keep Jesus at the center. And so all morning, I just keep meditating that because of his broken body, we are a body, you know. Because of his shed blood, we have become the forgiven family of the Father. The family that he loves. And he today says, I dwell with you wherever two or three are gathered in my name and powerfully and symbolically and in reality, Jesus is at the center of this people. This prayer is so beautiful. Now may the God of peace. I don't know what your morning was like, but mine was chaos today. Fitting. Sometimes our worlds get turned upside down, but our God is named the God of peace. A peace which guards our hearts and mind. A peace which passes our understanding. His very nature, his very environment is peace. He's the God of peace. Who through the blood of the eternal covenant, that's what communion represents. An eternal covenant that we are his and he is ours and he will never, ever leave us. It's an eternal covenant that cannot be shaken. It is wrought in his body and in his blood. Who brought the Lord Jesus back from the dead. That's what this represents. God who died and was raised. The great shepherd of the sheep. We do not lean into our skill to navigate this journey. We are leaning into the God of peace who is the great shepherd of the sheep. Oh, just meditate on that. The great shepherd of the sheep. When we don't know what to do, when you don't know what to do in your life, you have a God of peace who guards your heart and mind and says, I am your great shepherd. I will be with you. It's an eternal covenant. May he equip you with everything good to do his will. We're going to be moving into new places, new territory, and we need to know he will equip us for everything that we need on this journey. Having him is more than enough. 
Not just to equip us, though. May he work within us. Not just on the outside, something he puts in your hand, but in your very being. May he work within you what is pleasing to him. So that Jesus, our Lord, receives glory forever and ever. All we've desired, our central aim with our great shepherd at the center is that we would bring him glory in the journey. I mean, at the end of it all, when we are face to face with this king, I just want to have said, I brought you glory. Man, I want that. This is our prayer. I remember coming in here, the first gathering, and Julie and I just sat here with our, just our feet kind of wobbling like kids, like, where'd you bring us? It's been beautiful to be here. I still feel like a kid that's just kind of in awe of my dad, you know? And, uh, before we moved on, Dave's going to take the next part, but I just wanted to sit for a few seconds. Maybe you want to look around or you want to close your eyes or just give thanks in your own way, but these last two years have been our good father leading us. So before we moved on, he's a God of peace. Let's just sit in the environment of God for a moment. I remember seven years ago, <clears throat> seven, man, nine years ago, goodness, 2010, we were in a time of prayer, and from the get-go, we've said that our hearts and focus has to be Kansas City. God didn't just plant us anywhere. He planted us in Kansas City, and one of the looming questions we've asked ourselves is, if we left, would the city know that we left? And that's a good provoker of who are we to Kansas City and how are we loving Kansas City? And so in 2010, when we heard that the city was closing 27 schools in Kansas City Mo Public School District, closing 27 schools in a day, it gripped our hearts, it grieved our hearts, and we felt for the thousands of kids that that was going to affect. And in that time of prayer, we began to ask the Father, would you give us one of those schools? We would love to move our family from where we were at 38th and Main Street into one of those schools as almost a symbolic act of those schools and those children having meaning and value. And, you know, it was one of those prayers you didn't even know what it was going to mean, but you knew you had to pray it because the Spirit was prompting it through us. So we began to ask for a school. A few days, well, more like a few months later, the Lord spoke to us about this very building, which was one of the schools that was closed down. We could see this building from our old prayer room window, which some of you who remember the old building at 38th and Main, we had one little two-foot window you could see out of, and it would look over this school. And the Father spoke to us clearly, I'm going to give you that school, which was insane, given that it's a six-story junior high building, which, by the way, makes no sense to build a six-story junior high building. I've never seen one in any other city. So it... Adam and I even came and toured it when the city opened it up for prospective buyers. And so we rock up with no money in our pockets and sit in what was wood chairs at those days. And we sat there kind of cross-legged like, yeah, we could do this. We'll get this building. Other guys have big business ideas. And we're like, we'll move our church of 150 into this six-story building. We got this. 
no big, no big deal. We could do it. Uh, we couldn't do it, and then God did it. Uh, we couldn't do it, and then God did it. And so in 2017, um, after a provoking word from one of our oversight members who said, uh, you're done at the building at 38th and Main. Do not spend any more money here. God is moving you onward. And we took it. We knew that it was the word of the Lord. And we said, well, where are we going to go? And then literally one of the owners of this building called us and said, we've heard about your church in the city, and we want you to move into this space with PlexPod. Uh, we had become familiar with what co-working was and could be. And so when he invited us, one, we were blown away because of the honor. And two, we were blown away because it confirmed what God had spoken in 2010. Seven years later, God confirms his word and brings us into this space. That's astounding. Seven years to the day, we move in. Excuse me, seven years to the week from the original word in 2010, we move into this space. Extraordinary, extraordinary working of God. So as Adam led us with the beginning here, we are here in gratitude. We are leaving in gratitude because of what God has done. I think uh, when we were looking around, I was looking at you, looking at the, what really matters in this space is you all in this building, and thinking about the goodness of God and who knows who would not have otherwise become a part of this family had we not moved here. So we give thanks for all those that are now apart because God sovereignly moved us here. And I think about all of the unique dynamic things that have happened in our gathered spaces and our times on Sundays, as well as all of the things that have happened in two years of obeying Jesus. Sometimes when you obey, you don't actually know what God has in store. And I think we imagined quite a bit different than what he had in store over these last two years. And so some of that comes with like, man, what else could have happened? And yet some of that comes with, oh my gosh, look what God has done. Look what God has done in our midst and the beautiful people that you all are, that we are, and the things that have been sown into us that otherwise wouldn't have if God wouldn't have opened this door divinely for us to become more of who God is making us to be as a people. So uh, I invite you once again to lay hold of thankfulness, of gratitude, and to reflect on perhaps you've been here for two years of like, holy cow, that's amazing that you met me or spoke to me in that way because of the obedience of a church family, huh? Yeah. <clears throat> so in, in August, you guys have heard this story too many times probably, but Someone gave us a word, new wineskin, new wine, and, and we started to feel a full surrender. And I think we've come to understand, maybe only in the last few weeks, that the new wineskin is a fully surrendered family to Jesus. That is the new wineskin, a people that will say yes to him no matter if it makes sense or not. Can you imagine the American church fully surrendered to Jesus? What could the father do with that wineskin? I want to find out. And he wants to fill us with his presence and who he is, but he is trying to create the flexibility within us that we will say yes to him no matter what. And so I have been being stretched since that day. Many of us, all of us, have been being stretched in different ways to become the wineskin that he can pour his presence out into, right? That he can lead and guide. 
And as we got closer to the day, we started to realize, oh, he was going to mess with the sacred Sunday. <laughs> he wants the Sunday. He wants his church back. And he wants to actually be able to lead his church. If he, if he didn't show up, would we notice? Or would we keep going with what we know to do? And so he came to mess with the sacred Sunday. And I like Sunday as, I mean, I'm grieving part of the, the change. But is it his or ours? Is every day his? Because I believe one of the great things the Spirit's doing in America and in the church in the West is he's moving the church from Sunday to every day. It's a huge reformation. I'm not sure we're ready. I'm not sure I'm ready. But yet he's helping us, the great shepherd. He knows how to equip us. He's not a bad leader. He's a kind leader. So when he leads, he makes preparations. And he's been making preparations. And the word came to us, follow the cloud. Seriously? Who does that? Israel, okay, Old Testament. You know, that's one you want to label, Old Testament. We're really going to take 500 people around nomadically? What does that even mean? Please, I, t I told you, I said, Gary, talk me out of this. He's like, I'm afraid I can't, you know? I go, no. But here we go, following the cloud. So, can I tell you a story about the first place we think the cloud's going? So, so God, as he loves to do, showed up on Wednesday morning of this week. <laughs> you had five months. Wednesday morning seems good. Um, I have no explanation. Um, we wanted a place to gather for Easter. We, we were pretty sure nothing consistent was going to happen uh, in April, other than our homes. And we'll explain. We have a whole, for those who love that stuff, we have a whole diagram. Literally, the Lord has landed things this week that we could put it down on a piece of paper. We were scrambling till 11 last night to get it down, right? So just in time, Jesus. So I'll, I'll get more practical, but I, I want to tell a story first. Is that okay? So we wanted to find a place for Easter. We're like, God, just Please, for Easter, let the cloud be somewhere. And I want to say something about the cloud because the biggest danger on this journey is pride. We don't bring God anywhere, Nava. Got to be clear. We go and see where God is and we join God. We are not the cloud. Jesus, the Holy Spirit is the cloud. We're trying to follow the Holy Spirit. But God is on the move, and so we've got to move with him, okay? So if we, we have got to kill pride, we cannot think we're bringing God to the city. We're not God's answer for Kansas City. God is God's answer for Kansas City. But what we want to do is join God and move with the cloud, yeah? So we're like meteorologists, you know? Where are you going? I have no idea how to read clouds. Teach me this art form. So... So we're like, just give us a spot on Easter. And you would be shocked how difficult it is to find any place indoors or outdoors on Easter. 
It's like impossible. We checked into all the parks and rec and I mean, on and on, you can't find a place with power. Wedding venues want to charge you double, multiple wedding venues, $10,000 for one Sunday morning. We're like, dear Lord, does anyone have a big enough backyard? I mean, anywhere. Someone finally sends us this idea and says, what about the Grandview Amphitheater? To which our first response as a team is, no, not Grandview. Like, we want to be in the middle of the city. I'm sorry, like, for... For the, exactly, Ricketts. It just doesn't make sense for people in Liberty. I apologize, Days. I, I'm like, please, Central. And nothing else was open. So we're like, okay, we pray. We're like, we'll check out the Grandview. We look, we look online and we see a gathering of like 4,000 people in a field. We're like, that's a little bit of overkill for 500, you know? So David and I go out there Wednesday morning, and man, we're, it's cold and windy. It's like everything you don't want when you're going to, it's intimidating. We walk out into a field. There's a 60-foot overhang. We're standing there on a six-foot stage looking out at a 5,000-person field, and we're like, this is it? Like, this is where we're gathering? And we're like, let's just come up with the backup plans. We're like, we could use Gilbertson's Park by his house, and we're like, maybe we should do that, and and then we just both feel like, got to have a bigger vision. I guess if we're going to gather in this field, like, is there a bigger vision? So I say to Dave, like, maybe we could talk another church into joining us in the field four weeks before Easter. And immediately I'm like, that is the dumbest idea. Like, <laughs> Easter's the biggest Sunday of the year. Churches don't, they plan eight months ahead for Easter. We're the only church that doesn't do that. No, there's a couple others, but like... <laughs> This is not a good idea. And Dave's like, I don't know. And we're like, let's just not go meet with her. This is too, let's just leave. We'll leave the papers inside. We'll just leave. And Dave's like, I think we need to go in. I'm like, oh, okay. So we go in and we see there's an indoor venue. It's at The View. If you, any of you have been out there, it's the, the indoor rec center is called The View. The amphitheater is across the street. So we go in and we're like, oh, well, there's a playground and a pavilion. And, and then we go inside and there's a 300 person meeting room. We're like, well, maybe we could use this if the weather's bad. We're like coming up with our backup plans, you know? And we're like, well, that'd be great. So we go and meet with Sue. We're talking to Sue. We sit down with her and, and we're, we're like, hey, okay, we want to do the amphitheater. And she gives us this huge discount. It was incredible. It was like $700 off. It was amazing. So we're like, okay, this is encouraging. And, um, and so we're talking and we're like, well, what about, you know, what if it rained? Could we use the indoor at the view? And She's like, well, church has already booked it. We're like, of course. Like, we've been in this, like, Easter thing. We know how this goes. And we're like, okay. And she's like, well, they are doing, like, a sunrise thing. And, and so I'm like, well, who's the church? Maybe I know them. And she's like, I don't know the name. It's something South Christian something. And we're like, okay. And, uh, and then I'm like, man, I need a bigger, we need a bigger vision. So I decide, who are you going to call? Gary Schmidt. So I'm like, we're in the meeting signing contracts, and I'm texting, which is not always the most polite thing to do in a meeting, but I'm texting Gary. I'm like, we are going to meet at the Grandview Amphitheater. It's going to be huge. Do you know any church crazy enough to meet with us Easter morning outside? I send the text, crickets, nothing comes back. We sign the contract. We're driving down 71, and all of a sudden, my phone starts blowing up. Seven text messages. I hand it to Dave, because you shouldn't text and drive. That's right. <laughs> hand it to Dave. This is a true story. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, role model for the children. And 
David is like reading the text. He's like, oh, oh my gosh, whoa. And the text says, wow, meeting with the Grandview pastors this morning, trying to figure out who booked the Grandview Amphitheater because we booked for a sitting gathering the view for the same morning. We are screaming in the car. We're going, wait a second. We don't want to be in Grandview. It's the only place we can find. We're not even, we're so chicken. We don't even want to go inside. And God has sovereignly orchestrated a city gathering in the very same spot with Gary Schmitz. Gary's been trying to figure out who David Blackstone is because the lady gave the wrong name. They're Googling. This is amazing. Listen to this. They are Googling megachurch David Blackstone. <laughs> Senator Blackstone is over here. The Grandview pastors are like, there's a megachurch that got the amphitheater who's big enough. That's going to mess up unity in the city. And Gary goes, that's my church. So the cloud is moving and there, we are being invited to go and us to share with a bunch of pastors in Grandview about potentially somehow joining together a pop-up gathering at an amphitheater for Easter. In Numbers 9, it says the cloud sometimes will land for a day. This is a day. The cloud's landing for a day. We have no idea what this even means. We're either going to be out in a huge field by ourselves crying out, but now I have faith to pray for a city. I mean, come on. So it's just wild. All right, let's pass out the practical stuff and we'll run through the next nine weeks. Okay, so you're about to get some sheets that hopefully will bring some clarity to the next season. Yeah, one per family would be amazing because we don't have enough because we're moving in our printer and I, I, whatever. Just one per family. Cloud, okay. Man, the Blackstone strikes back this morning. I mean, <laughs> do you understand how impossible it would have been to orchestrate that moment? We're about to pray for a move of Jesus in the whole region of Grandview on Easter morning. God has a plan and a story so far beyond. And in that moment, as I'm screaming, going down the road, what was coming to my mind as I was like, God, I had heard with my ears, but now my eyes have seen. I have faith for the rest of this crazy ride. I, I just needed one moment. Like, I needed one moment. I'm like, okay, I have faith for this crazy ride because you just orchestrated a pop-up city gathering in Grandview. I have faith for the rest. So, Lord, we want to follow you wherever you say, whatever you're doing, help us follow you in the name of Jesus. Okay, so... First, I want to explain the rhythm to you. A little bit different in April because April 7th is just going to be a rest day after the retreat. But everyone say with me, first and third. 
Gathering Sundays. Okay, so first and third are going to be gathering Sundays. When we say a gathering Sunday, that means all of Nava is popping up wherever the cloud may be, right? With great communication by the grace of God. So a first and third are going to be gathering Sundays. Everyone say second and fourth. Home Sundays. Okay, so on the second and fourth Sundays, we're going to be meeting in homes across the city. That's going to be the rhythm. We're going to explain more detail about this, but I want to share another really cool story about the first place we think we're going to actually rest for a little while. And the Lord also orchestrated this on Thursday night of this week. Okay? It's just bizarre. So if you look there, go through your schedule. April 7th is a rest day. So that means just do whatever your heart fancies. Enjoy the Lord. Have fun. Get, you know, whatever you want to do. Be, be family do life April 7th. April 14th is a home Sunday. We'll explain more of that coming. April 21st is what I just talked to you about. That's going to be at Grandview Amphitheater, hopefully with others. April 28th is a home Sunday. Again, May 5th is the first story I want to tell you. This is where the regular rhythm begins. First and third, gathering Sunday. Second and fourth, home Sundays. Okay? Here's the story. So, we're looking, where's this cloud? Not what building can we use that makes sense or the Lord knows that that's true. Um, we're looking, where are you moving? What are you doing in the city? Where is there divine invitation that we are invited to go in the city? Not where we make it happen, okay? So a couple weeks back, two pastors in the city from a Nazarene church called New Beginnings who Adam Shirelli and Phoebe Shirelli have been building a relationship with for the last couple years, were brave enough and just honoring enough to come into one of our missional community training weekends. So they come over for the whole weekend. We had some other pastors in the city come to that. I was blown away and honored that they would come. The first morning as we're starting worship, Cutter, I mean, slightly anointed, but really just beginning, the Holy Spirit falls on this Nazarene pastor, and he begins weeping in the corner. No one's laid hands on the guy. Sovereignly gets baptized in the Holy Spirit to start the day. Radically. And to the, to the tune that it messes the schedule up for the entire day of training. He is weeping, and he prays the most Evan Roberts revival Broken prayer I have maybe ever heard come out of a pastor's heart. He surrenders everything to God. Adam and I are on his sides, tears on our faces. He is weeping, surrendering everything to the Lord. I come back to the core team on that Tuesday and I go, guys, could it be possible the cloud is resting in Lee Summit at New Beginnings over a broken-hearted pastor? And they're like, what? Like, Lee Summit? That makes no sense, right? Like, why would we all go to Lee Summit? Again, southeast corner. The Lord is struggling with practical planning. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it, Lord. Don't you know spatial recognition things? Like, where we all actually live. So... 
Adam and I go to this pastor and we, and we pray together as a team and we write, ideally we would go there May the 5th if the cloud is there. But how are we going to go ask this guy if we can rock our whole church up on his property? So Adam and I go and meet with him. And before we can get it out, he begins to explain. He's been radically filled with spirit. Courage has come over his heart. And he's sensing a replant of their whole church out of that gathering. And the opening day, he says, to share the values is May 5th. We've got a picture of our schedule of when we want to be there. So Adam and I are looking at each other and we're like, oh my gosh, like I guess we should say this. So we share it with him. He's undone. We're undone. And he goes, you're going to have to meet with my board. So I'm like, how is this going to go? We're going over to meet with the Nazarene board. I'm like, I'm taking Gary Schmitz with me. That's for sure. So Thursday night, our core team rocks up with the Nazarene board. And we share this crazy story. And unanimously, they say, Come here. And not only come here, but will you help us catalyze a 24-7 prayer room in our sanctuary? And will you add to our discipleship, disciple-making from the home and train us in that? So they give this welcome that we're trying to figure out the details to. And so May the 5th, we're going to New Beginnings, maybe a prophetic name, for our first stop on the journey, and they're having a new beginnings of new beginnings, planting over. I do not understand the ways of the Lord, but that is what's going on. Amazing, isn't it? Okay. So that is May 5th, May 12th, Home Sunday, May 19th, um, 4 p.m. We'll be back at Lee Summit, and then Home Sunday, May 26th. I just want to say a few things. Um, we don't have too much more time but about the gatherings. There's a few things that aren't changing with the gatherings. We're going to be a full-on Jesus-consumed people that rocks up with all of our heart and worships the Lord. Yes? We are prioritizing the presence of God in worship. We're going to love each other radically as a family, and we're going to do that with the heart of missionaries sent by the Father. None of that changes. That is who we are. That is us showing up. The Lord is allowed us for Rachel to continue to lead our kids. We'll have a thriving kids community and ministry where they're led to encounter the Lord everywhere we go. I love that. That is not changing. But there's a few things that I want to prepare our hearts for in this new gathering journey. Number one is we're going to be at a different venue often. So you're going to want to prepare your kids for that. I took my kids to the board meeting the other night. They went into the building, and they weren't exactly encouraged about every aspect of it, right? Because we have expectations, and so we're going to have to talk to our kids. So we had to have a conversation about how we show up in humility to honor different cultures. And as adults, can I say, when you're reading through the Old Testament, grumbling and complaining is the number one thing that comes out on the migration tour. Okay, so nomadic Nava is going to have to deal in my own heart with grumbling, complaining, and comparing constantly. And so welcome you into humility, a deep humility to honor the culture we're coming into. 
and yet be ourselves and bring the presence of the Lord in the way he's taught us to do. Right? So as we move around, another thing we're going to have to get used to is gathering in the afternoon versus the morning. For families, this is a big change. It probably won't be forever, but for the season, however the Lord leads us, you're going to have to prepare your own heart. What are your mornings going to look like? What's it going to look like for your kids? Nap schedules. We just want to say grace, grace, we're aware. But like afternoons is a change, right? And so that's something that we want to prepare ourselves for as we go. And I just want us to take up that posture of being ready for that. Is that all right? I believe that something we're being called to do in humility and in honor is to go as a people that actually believes we carry the posture that is more blessed to give than receive. That is a challenge. I believe we will be receiving from the Lord as we go, but we're being called to show up at different regions and locations and intercede and work new muscles of intercession to say, Lord, what is your heart in this place and how do we agree with it and bless it in prayer before the throne room of heaven? Are you in for that? I really believe we're being called up to intercession. And what's going to happen is God is going to deposit something in us corporately of his love for the church of the city and for the city in a way we've never known. But also, we are being called to bless the city in a way we've never known, in unity. The gathering, when we show up and all gather in one place, the kingdom of heaven can be released and come in a way it cannot when we're all, all, all on our own and by ourselves. And so we want to invite you, first and third, gathering Sundays, if your schedule permits, can you prioritize rocking up with faith to intercede, worship, and pray for the Lord to move in a city? Like, put it in your calendar. Prioritize the first and the third gatherings. That we can be a family, nomadic together, bringing the blessing of the Lord. But it is going to require the posture of honor and humility and flexibility and going to bless and not just be blessed. And that is good. That is good for us. It's good for me. And we have a sense the nomadic gathering journey won't be forever unless the Lord says. But while it's happening, man, let us soak everything out of it that he has, yeah? So Dave's going to explain home Sundays for a few minutes. Uh, just to make it clear, on those gathered Sundays... We're using other churches' facilities per amazing invitations like Adam described, but we'll just be Nava there. We're not merging the gatherings. Some people have asked that. There may be a time where we do that, but as far as we know, that's not what's happening, and that's why we're gathering in the afternoons when buildings are open, yeah? I'm, I'm kind of excited about facilities that are designed to host churches. <laughs> Practically, that's kind of helpful. Um, and, and I would say the Lee Summit venue, we are going to absolutely pack it out fire marshal style to the gills. Yeah. Like, you can't tell the fire marshals yeah, we're going there because it will. I'm, break I'm giving the you code. an expectation. It will be full. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. All right. So, remember second and fourth home Sundays. Second and fourth home Sundays. Why the home? 
Why the home? I mean, remember, for at least the first thousand years, the church only gathered in homes. Like, we are the anomaly in our generation and century, right, to have huge buildings that can hold sometimes 20,000 people more. Uh, But the home was always the epicenter of the people of God. And so the home, I love the home because in the home, everyone can be seen and heard. In the home, everyone can give and receive. It is the place where the priesthood of all believers is set on unique display because there is space for everyone to be seen and heard, everyone to give and receive. And I'm ecstatic about that. This is who we've been as a people from the get-go, equally celebrating the home as the gathered expression as we've done for the last 15 years. But now the Father in his sovereignty and wisdom is moving us uniquely where the home, as it was always designed to be, is required to absorb more, to be more front and center, to be more hospitable, to be more of a practicing environment of the graces of God to flow to us and through us, yeah? Um, I've had countless conversations with individuals. That's been one of the priorities we've had in this is talking to people and airing things out. And one dear mama in our midst says, David, this just feels like a stretching. This feels like a stretching. And part of that was, was like a negative and part of that was a positive. Like, that's kind of what I feel about stretching. We, you know, when, when you stretch, there's a little bit of uncomfort, discomfort with stretching. And yet you know, like, oh yeah, I want to be flexible when I'm 83 years old. I should stretch this morning, right? So I believe the Father is stretching us in his love, extending our hands one to another so that you can actually touch the person to your side. Like, you feel the stretching of it. Because he's longing for more spaces and places for you to be loved, for others in the city to be loved. So on those second and fourth Sundays, we'll be in the homes. 65% of Nava is already in communities, connect communities or missional communities. Hallelujah. That's awesome. That 35% of you who is not have been our priority. Calling, making arrangements, engaging conversations, finding out how can we help you connect to a home. At the end of the gathering, if you are in that 35%, And you're like, where the heck am I going to go on those second and fourth Sundays? There is a connections table out in the lobby that you can go to. And please do right after the gathering and make sure that we know how to get a hold of you. Also, update your contact info if you're in the fam. And uh, we need to make sure that we have the accurate information, especially your cell phone and your cell phone carrier so we can text you. So on those second and fourth Sundays, we'll be in the home. On the second Sundays, as you can see, are open house Sundays on April 14th, a home Sunday, we have asked trusted leaders to open up their homes to anyone in that 35% that does not have somewhere to go on that Sunday, the 14th. Those home Sundays will probably be gathering in the morning just because it's a little easier than hello at four o'clock in the afternoon as we're striding into. And I like breakfast. I like a lot of breakfast, cinnamon rolls, copious amounts of bacon. It's the best. So Regional teams, which we've enacted in the last six months, will be contacting that 35% to say, hey, if you do not have a home to attend or to be a part of this Sunday, these guys are gathering. You are welcome to go there. Please do. And those home Sundays, those open home Sundays, are going to be an incredible environment and setting for deeper connection to see what the Holy Spirit will do, joining other people 
together for the sake of, well, just the joy of brotherhood and sisterhood, as well as that continuing on the second and fourth Sundays. So we have a big job ahead of us to keep in clear communication with everyone, to do our best to uh, connect people with various homes. And then one of the things we're excited about is we'll be disseminating home resources on those home Sundays. So we will, during the week, be preparing all sorts of good stuff for the homes. So when we're gathered all over the city, we're still gathering around some common things, some worship themes, some scriptures that we can do discovery Bible studies around, some things that God will be saying to us through the week that can be, again, celebrated in each home. So home resources will be sent out every week during those home Sundays to support and encourage and guide at some of those home gatherings. Does that make sense? I'm excited about that. Um, anything I'm missing there, Adam? Probably need to shift. Um, Gary, will you come up? So let's give a round of applause for Gary Schmitz. Yeah, right. <clears throat> Some of you don't, don't know Gary. Gary and Barb uh, are a part of NAVA, but um, they're not always present in terms of physically because they've been given a, a role of leadership in the city. It's, Gary calls himself, well, the Lord spoke to him, be a friend of the city. And so for 15 years, full-time, he's been pursuing building bridges of connection in the city for a dwelling place of God in prayer, to shift the culture of prayer in Kansas City, to see revival and spiritual awakening in a city. And um, we wanted, Gary, just to share for a couple of minutes, um, just a blessing over us in this time. Our oversight obviously couldn't be here today. They'll be here May 19th again for the sending of Sean and Laura. But Gary is a, is a local father in the faith to me and someone who weighs in beautifully with perspective over our church. We wanted you guys to hear from him for a few minutes. Yeah, thank you, David. Thank you, Adam. I can't even begin to put into words the wild excitement of this journey of running alongside of NAVA in 24-7 prayers. Uh, 33 years I've been in Kansas City and 15 years working in the city. I've just never seen anything quite like this. I just have such an excitement in my heart. And I can't even begin to, to explain what happened to me last Wednesday morning. I'm in a, in a gathering of Grandview pastors, and at the end, they're all uh, struggling, trying to find out what's going on at The View with this David Blackstone had to be a mega church pastor or a rock star renting a 5,000 seat amphitheater. And so I had Malachi, I said, Malachi, Google David Blackstone, pastor, Grandview. See what, obviously nothing came up. So we walked out of the room. Oh, I even mentioned the, the magician, David, something that makes lions and tigers disappear. Copperfield. Copperfield. I, I knew he had an important name and maybe he's renting. So, I mean, we were totally perplexed. And then about 20 minutes later, I get this text from you. And all of a sudden, David Blackstone, I thought, man, you got a, a promotion, Senator Blackstone. I mean, it was just absolutely a marvelous thing. And I, I had a verse this morning that I, I want to share, uh, if I can get this back up. I, after you text, texted me last night to share, I just began praying. The Lord gave me a powerful verse out of Psalm 84. It says, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Yeah. yeah, and this morning as we're driving here 
and we're praying for this meeting. Barb begins praying about pilgrimage, and she didn't know that this verse was on my heart. As they pass through the Valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also covers it with pools. The Valley of Baca shows us the privilege and longing of all those who follow the Lord's path in pilgrimage. So we're on a, on a journey we don't know what's around the corner, but oh, I just, with all my heart, I appeal to you, all of the Nava family, let's stay on this journey because there is something around the corner that we can't expect, something beautiful, uh, a surprise. We're going out to be a blessing and we're going to receive blessing. And this is, uh, those followers possess an intense longing for the presence of God. Thirst and yearning for the presence. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my body cries out for the living God. How many of you are just thirsty for God like this? And the Lord's inviting us to become sojourners on uh, this journey. So, Oh, I know. I'm, I have been born and bred on Sunday morning services, but I want to tell you, the earth is groaning for a new wineskin and for God to bring forth. And I believe maybe we're, we can make a contribution and a hint to this. So do you want me to say a prayer or what should we do? Yeah, let's, let's just want to well just stand and hold your hands out before the Lord. Ask the Lord to just begin stirring expectation and, and longing in your heart. Father, we just stand before you, Lord, here this morning. Lord, more than any, I want to say thank you for this place, God. Thank you for, for these two years that we, we've got to experience meeting in this public school. Lord God, we are so grateful. Our lives have been touched, Lord. You've touched hearts here in this room. God, you have revealed to us, Lord, that we are your beloved sons and your beloved daughters in a, in a new level, God, and you've wooed us into deeper intimacy. God, and we just want to celebrate, Lord, what you've done here in this place. We bless the owners of this building. We yes. bless yes. the Pex, Plex yes. Pod. We want to say, yes. be blessed flourish, God. Oh, Lord, we just hold this place before you. And Lord, as we take our next step, Lord, we just want to step out with anticipation, Lord, a prayerful family on mission. Lord, we don't know where we're going. Abraham didn't know where he was going, but he went. Joseph and Mary went on a journey. They didn't know what was around them, and Mary was stretching. Lord, and so we believe something new is going to happen here, and so we just cry out before you, Lord. Bless our journey. Lord, we ask that your presence would go with us. Lord, we thank you for new beginnings, Nazarene Church. God, we bless Pastor yes. Jake. Yes. Lord, what's in his heart, can we come and serve what's in his heart, Lord, this young man of God that's on fire, and he's broken, and he's desperate. And Lord, we want to go there and be a part of that story, a story of desperation for your presence, Lord. So we, we bless new beginnings. We uh, Lord, we thank you for Easter Sunday, God, in the amphitheater, which, oh, Lord, Lord, we're asking for you to pour out your spirit, 
on our city and bring revival and awakening, Lord, and for days that eye has not seen and ears not heard as you begin, Lord, to expand your work in the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, Lord. This will test if we're after an empire or Jesus' kingdom. I was standing before the Lord and he said, Adam, do you want Nava to grow more or my church to grow more? This will test. But wow, what an honor to serve a king. We're going to head into musical worship now. And at the center of this room stands, it's a small table, but there's elements there. These elements are sacred. It's a sacrament. Grace comes in. And we're welcoming you to a table out of Hebrews 13 today to say, can you come and receive through the body and the blood the God of peace who made peace between you and God so you could live in peace, not just be saved. When you come to the table today, you're saying, I want a great shepherd. I don't want to shepherd my own life. But you are the great shepherd because you laid your life down for the sheep. That's how I know I can trust you now because you are already a shepherd who died for me. When you come to the table today, you're saying, will you equip me for everything I need? Will you work in me what is pleasing? And lastly, when you come to the table today, you're saying, to you, Jesus, be the glory. Now there's several hundred people in a small table, so we can stagger this out throughout the musical worship time. This is a little unconventional in this sense is that as we're going to worship, to close this morning, we feel it's important to have all the kids in because we are one family. So if you can send, we're going to begin to worship. Some are going to be taking communion. And one parent, if you can go and get your children this morning, what does this say? Yeah, cool. So let's open our hands to the Lord. We're going to sing as you want. Come and take communion with someone else invited to the table. And then at the very end, we're going to close with a family moment. Is that all right? So Lord, we surrender all to you with great joy. We can never outgive you. Everything we have is from you already. And Lord, you've already given everything. Your body and your blood is more than enough for the church forever. And so as we come to the table today, May the holy sacrament of communion lead us again freshly to your kingdom. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Everybody grab a hand, find a spot as much as possible. We're going to connect this circle all the way around. What I want to say as we um, gather up, the first time that we ever gathered as the Nava family, it was called the Boiler Room then, September 5th, 2005, we stood around in a circle, everyone holding hands. 
And the first thing that we did, there was a pillar in the middle. And today I like it better because it's not a pillar. It's, it's the actual sacrament, Jesus. And we said together, and I want us to do this again because for me it was like a covenant with the Lord. It's what we all said when we followed Jesus anyways, but we said, Jesus will always be the center of this church. Jesus will always be the Lord of this church. And we said to Jesus, if you're ever not the center, would you tell us quickly so we can repent and put you in the center again? And so if we could just all in our own hearts, I want to pray a prayer. If you want to agree with it, I would love your agreement over that one thing. Jesus, today we see that you're the center of this room. Your body broken, your blood poured out because of love. Love eternal. You lived the life we could not live. You died the death we should have died for sin. And your father raised you from the dead. You are the Lord. And we say you are our Lord. You are the head of Nava. We will not lead. You are the head alone. You are the senior pastor. You are the great shepherd. And if you were ever not the center of this church, tell us quickly so we can repent. We covenant to follow you and you alone. That our lives, our homes, our hearts would be centered upon you and you alone. And we held one another's hands. Everybody touched somebody. It's not a perfect circle, but everybody's with somebody. Look at the person on your right. And your left, look around, make eye contact with somebody. It's hard when you look to the right, they look to the left. I know it's, it's tough. Look to the right and the left, make eye contact. I hope we're always a family that can laugh and not take ourselves too seriously as well. Here's what we said in that first moment. We read out Ephesians 4 and it says, Every part and ligament joined together will build itself up in love until we reach maturity in Christ. And we said to the person on our right and our left, as an expression of everyone, you are vital, you are important, and without you, we cannot go forward. It is going to take everyone in the family, no one left behind, to fulfill what the Lord has. And what we're saying is every gift, every calling, every voice, every life is crucial to the journey. We started that way and we want to continue in that way. So I want to pray that prayer and if you'll agree with me. Lord, I thank you for the interconnectedness of the body that you have set us in family. And every gift, every voice, every person, every family is vital to the kingdom of heaven coming in this city and beyond. And so, God, may every person be included in this journey and walk together following the, the great shepherd. Let's finish, as we always do, praying the Lord's Prayer together, just looking around at the family we get to wander with following Jesus, yeah? Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven...